Hi guys, this is Melanie. Thank you for joining my channel, coming back to the origins. Today I'm really excited. This is my first episode talking to you. So in this podcast, we will be talking about many different topics that I'm very passionate about. We'll be talking about medicinal plants, community living, ancestral traditions, spirituality, esotherism, all my travels and discoveries. We will also be talking about relationships, macrobiotic nutrition and lifestyle. And also, we will be discussing about the science of Ayurveda and Panchakarma and Ashtanga Yoga. I will also be leading some meditation from time to time. I am so lucky to have such a great community where I will be able to interview many different amazing people. I look forward to have you coming and sharing, sharing with all others. Until next time, take good care. Aloha. Hola everyone and welcome to my channel, coming back to the origins. Today I felt the call to share about one, if not the most important discipline of my life. It is the practice of Ashtanga Yoga. What is Ashtanga Yoga? In Sanskrit, Ashtanga means eighth limb. It is an eight-limb path towards achieving the state of yoga, also known as Samadhi. The definition of Ashtanga Yoga can be found in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, which is an ancient text on the theory and practice of yoga that was compiled 200 um, current era ago by sage Patanjali that we all love very much. Yoga is not only the state of yoga, but also the practice itself or sadhana that we engage on the path towards yoga. I'd like to dive into the description of the eighth limb with you. The eighth limbs of um, the Ashtanga uh, method are yama, niyama, asana, pranayama, pratyara, dharana, dhyana, Samadhi. So in this episode, I would like to break them down to help you understand better the meaning of each of these limbs. So to begin with the first uh, limb, it will be what we call yamas. And the first of the fifth yama is the observance regarding how the yogi should relate to his community. The first one uh, commonly inspired to practice among Western yogis is ahimsa, which means nonviolence. The second yama is satya, meaning truthfulness. The third one is asteya, meaning of non-stealing. Brahmacharya, which is the conservation of vital energy through the fourth of the yama. In brahmacharya is often translated as celibacy or chastity, which doesn't always make this yama very popular. Traditionally, brahmacharya was meant to encourage those involved in the practice of yoga to conserve their sexual energy in favor of using that energy to further progress along the yogic path. Aparigraha, which means non-hoarding, which is the act of collecting a large amount of something 
as uh, this is the fifth of, uh, of the yamas. Moving forward uh, towards the second limb out of the eighth limb, so the first one being yama, and now the second one is niyama, which is the intense observance that the yogi should carry out in his daily life in order to have a body and mind that is suited for the practice of yoga. There are also five niyamas, same as the yamas. I mean, same number as the yamas. And those five niyamas are saucha, santosha, tapas, dwaraya, ishvara, pranidana. And so let's go with the first niyama, saucha, which is the cleanliness of the body and mind. And uh, we find that developing a regular meditation practice can be one, if not the best way, to find the socha of the mind. And through the meditation, we become better at understanding our thoughts and how they work. This also will give us the power to release thoughts that are negative or either distract, distracting, hurtful, and help us to just focus on the good. The second niyama is santosha, which is the contentment that can be exercised by ditching the assumptions that, oh yes, we, we are good at that. It's easy to assume someone is acting a certain way because of something you've done. Let go of what you can control and remember that sometimes all you can do, um, all you can do to take control is to focus simply on your breath and your energy to stay aligned. The third niyama called tapas. To break down this, this word, the word tapas is derived from the root Sanskrit verb tap, which means to burn. And it evokes a sense of fiery discipline or passion. Basically, tapas is discipline. And svadhyaya is the self-study, which oftentimes um, has been dismissed, but it's quite important to bring into our daily practice. In the fifth niyama, Ishvara Pranidana, is to surrender to the divine by spending time by yourself, talking or writing to yourself without censoring, being gentle and kind with yourself with the practice of gratitude that is directed towards yourself. Stepping into the, 30, the third limb of Ashtanga Asana, in asana, that are the posture we do in our yoga practice. The word translates to seat. Asanas are meditative postures that promote stillness of the mind and physical postures that will facilitate sitting for a long period of time in those meditative postures. Well, that is mainly why we practice yoga is to quiet the body uh, to quiet the body down in order to sit peacefully in our meditation practice. So having the body flexible and also that is being supported will help us to sit for a longer, longer period of time. The fourth limb, pranayama. Um, so if we break this uh, Sanskrit word in two pieces, that gives us prana, which means life force or vital energy. And the last part, yama, which is meaning restraint. 
Pranayama translates to the extension of life force. They are breathing practices that involve the retention of the breath. In the last part of the word pranayama, ayama um, means control. Practicing pra pranayama help control the energy within ourselves by learning the proper way to breathe. And so stepping into the fifth, uh, the fifth limb, pratyara. Pratyara is the withdrawal of the sense from things that are not conductive to the yoga practice, moving from the external world. When the five senses are quiet, the mind can become still. Six limb, dharana, is a concentration on a single thing, ideally something that is spiritual in nature. Moving forward to the seventh limb, dhyana, which is the un uninterrupted meditation where the person that meditates begins to merge with the object of meditation at the point of concentration. And the last one, the eighth limb, named samadhi, it's a superconscious trance where the minds merge fully and become one with the object of meditation. These eight limbs are a process of going deeper and deeper inward to discover the divinity within us. Oftentimes, people begin their exploration of Ashtanga Yoga with the third limb as the asana posture. It is often time uh, the easiest access point for the student beginning their sadhana spiritual practice. For the more serious practitioner interested in the yogic path, the next step could be to begin practicing the yamas and niyamas, as I just described. I started Ashtanga Yoga in 1999 after I fractured my spine while snowboarding. I was then introduced to my mentor and teacher, who was in a, who, they were Ashtangi, him and his wife, Mark and Joanne Darby. When I started yoga, I was very inflexible and never thought this would be the beginning of my spiritual journey. I got super lucky that Darby was my first teacher and the only one in my heart. He lived and studied with Patabi Joyce for many years back in the 70s in India. I myself went through many ups and downs throughout the years of practice to find balance and readjust myself physically spiritually and emotionally. When I moved to Honolulu in 2007, I couldn't find a teacher that was aligned with, uh, at the time, what I was maybe looking for <laughs> as a guide. I then started practicing by my own Mysore style, which basically is a Mysore style. It's an assist self-practice class. If you go to a yoga shala, the, the students are working on the same sequence and um, like the same posture, but their practice is tailored to where they're each at. So each person will go and do their own sequence to the level of where they are. Student works through their own practice that is guided and supported by an experienced teacher. So for my personal practice, it was the same, but without any teaching, uh, without any teacher that was there to super supervise me as I was practicing at home at the time. So I ended up with, um, with injuries. I mean, I was surfing too with the practice altogether. 
it was a little bit challenging for me. And I also developed weird breathing pattern as I was never corrected, neither adjusted. I found myself later on traveling and training with different experienced teacher, which made me even more confused as they would all teach a bit differently, giving me different direction, but not necessarily following their traditions specifically, or maybe from uh, their modification, their personal modification and perception. So I got a little bit trapped into that. I had many episodes where I would stop practicing for a year, integrating new stuff, and then starting all over again. And that was hard. I am now in this space. I'm in Costa Rica with my beloved teacher on learning and relearning. I feel so blessed right now to be back in the presence of Darby and Joanne and learning their wisdom and also getting to know them better as my teacher and friends. Hearing their stories with Patabi Joyce and yoga brings me a lot of joy. I find them fascinating and quite inspiring. I am sharing with you all of this so that if you are on the path of yoga, choosing to be guided by an experienced teacher is key to truly navigate through a safe yogic journey. When I began yoga, I never uh, thought that uh, it would become what it is today where more of its sacredness and traditions is being lost. Um, I've just been noticing that the ego can interfere quite easily in our Western society, where the purpose of yoga for me is an inward journey, finding the divinity within myself along the journey. Most recently, getting back to a routine and showing up on my mat every day, I reflect my appreciation for life, God, and having a body that allows me to do all the great things I can do. Keeping a balanced mind and reducing tamasic activities such as self-doubt, grief, ignorance, guilt, dependency, laziness, anger, attachment, confusion, apathy, allow more prana to flow within our bodies. A person concerned with the self dissatisfied and materialistic interferes with the practice of yoga. I encourage anyone to find their spiritual discipline to create more harmony within self so that our world loves more and suffer less. Thank you so much for um, hearing my voice today and um, what I'm very inspired to share with you in this period. And if you think uh, you know anyone that would benefit from hearing my words, feel welcome to share this episode uh, to your friends and family. And from Costa Rica, I wish you a beautiful day. And until next time, take good care. Aloha.